0: about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
1: Beck Program. Hello America, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. This hour I have been looking forward to for a couple of months, I wanted to find the right person to talk about the evil that we are experiencing in life today. How do you define evil? Do you define it as a force? Is there a force of good and a force of evil? Is there a turn to the dark side? The force is real. And right now, evil is, thinks it's winning, honestly. Thinks it's winning. But I define evil because I know who the head of evil is. Satan. He is the author of all lies. He sows nothing but confusion. His results are always all about chaos and division. And he's always about the collective. Oh, he wants the individual, but he uses the collective. I'll save everyone. I just won't let them choose. So if you believe in evil, evil is in a deep state of all around us, everywhere, from the World Economic Forum, all the way to our churches, and it's happening in all of our churches. There is either a very loud or quiet civil war going on. But I wanted to talk about the Catholic Church with a guy I would consider a captain Catholic, a guy who's not bashing the church. He is exposing what's going on to be able to help aid the church. We're going to talk about... What Benedict said, the deep state in the Vatican, what does that mean, the evil at play? And also the third secret of Fatima. Is it playing out now? Dr. Taylor Marshall joins us in 60 seconds. Now, I'm guessing you're paying attention to where things come from uh, when you buy them and you're definitely paying attention to the price. You buy American whenever you can. I always thought when you went to the meat counter, if it said product of the USA, that meant it was grown in America. That meat was from America. That's not true. That is not true. They found all kinds of loopholes. I think it's between 60 and 80% of I think of our meat comes from overseas, does not come from America. That's insanity. Especially when our ranchers are struggling We lose our ranchers and our farmers, guys. We are done. We're done. So buy all of your meat from American ranchers, from good ranchers. Not only is their meat grown here in the USA, but it's of amazing quality and it's not just uh, beef, it is chicken, it is seafood as well. Start the year off right and cap your price. They say that meat's gonna go up another 15% this year. You won't have a meat increase if you sign up now and subscribe to GoodRanchers.com. Use the promo code Glenn and you can claim your free chicken for a year. Free chicken. You Are you kidding me? Two pounds of chicken free in every box for a year. When you subscribe, GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com. Promo code Glen. Dr. Taylor Marshall is uh, with us now. The author of Infiltration. Um, uh, the infiltration of the Catholic Church, the plot to destroy the church from within. This is a universal story now. Um, Doctor, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, You bet. Um, So we follow your your work a great deal because you talk uh, about other things other than um, um, Catholic things. But I want to make sure that people understand right from the beginning. We are not... Taking on the Catholic Church, and this is not a Catholic bash session. No, not at
0: all. I'm uh, I consider myself a Catholic. I attend Mass every day, sometimes more. Uh, I have a beautiful Catholic family. We have eight children, Jeez. and uh, I, I love Christ. I, I love I love the Church, and uh, that that bothers me that there's these wolves in sheep's clothing, in shepherd's clothing, even. Uh, doing horrible things to children, to bank finances, to right. all kinds of scandals. And I think that the answer is is just to shine light on it and to expose it. Uh, and so that we can have some true change and get things back on track the way God wants it. Right.
1: And there's going to be a lot of Catholics that listen and will hear you uh, like Nancy Pelosi Uh, who consider themselves Catholic uh, that will disagree strongly with some of the things that you're saying. But I think that's the point Um, because there is this kind of feeling among Catholics um, about Pope Francis. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I I don't know if we'll ever get to that question, but I want to talk about Pope Benedict because this was very bizarre when Pope Benedict resigned. I think it was the first time, right? Where he resigned in. Well,
0: it's the, it's first time in 597 years so <laughs> okay in a while it's All a right. pretty rare event yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right uh, and when he resigned it seemed very odd at the it, it was um preceded by european banks pulling the plug on the vatican bank right
0: yeah that's that's correct well actually if we go back just a little bit more a few months before the vatican bank having a, a kind of a meltdown there was the the butler of Pope Benedict. His name was Paolo Gabrielli, and he was leaking documents to the press and to journalists, and, and no one knew how this was happening. And finally, he was caught. He pled guilty, and he was sentenced to prison uh, in the Vatican. And then Pope Benedict oddly pardoned him, and that led to a whole investigation that was that was headed up by Benedict, a secret investigation. Three cardinals did it, and they presented to him. Their sources say one or two red binders of all kinds of filth in it, uh, bank scandals. Uh, there's rumored to be pictures of Cardinals and drag in those binders, oh all kinds gosh. of nasty things. And that all happened uh. in December of 2012. And then January 1st of 13, the, the Vatican museums cannot process money. The ATM machines in Vatican city stop working. And shortly thereafter, we have the announcement of Pope Benedict that he's going to resign. The very next day, all those banking problems were fixed. They were resolved. And by the way, that night that Pope Benedict announced that he was going to resign, that's the night when the lightning struck the Vatican, which everyone noticed, which was a, a sign for a lot of people.
1: So so this is right along the lines of what we're seeing in the deep state in the United States. We are seeing with the World Economic Forum, which I know you are very well aware of. Um are you are you is there any evidence that this banking thing was to put pressure on the pope? Get out.
0: I think so. And, and the reason for this and, and you say deep state and, and I really think we need to everyone needs to put it in their vocab deep church. The same thing happening in the state is happening in the church. We, call, we can refer to deep state and we can refer to deep church.
1: And it is not um, just the Catholic church. These people have been it's, working it's behind everywhere. the scenes for years.
0: Yes. And, and, and you've got to remember that the, the, the Vatican is unique in that the Vatican is its own nation. It's called a city state. It has its own sovereignty. Uh, technically, Vatican City does not belong to Italy. It's its right. own micro country. And as a micro country, it has its own bank. Now, I just want the listeners to think about this. If you are a drug runner, a human trafficker, a mob boss, your biggest problem is what do you do with all this money? You've got to launder. You've got to get it into legit means and move it around, right? And what if there were a bank on earth that belonged to a micro nation that was not regulated by the EU? that was not regulated or audited by anyone on the outside. Well, there is that bank in the world, and that bank is called the Vatican Bank. And so every crony on earth wants a piece of that bank because you can legitimize illegitimate money. And that's why the Vatican Bank has had a a problem of scandals almost every five to 10 years since the 1960s. The temptation to use that Vatican Bank is is high, and and the temptation for... Corrupt cardinals in the church Mm. to let people get their fingers into that pie is also very high. And that's only one piece of this whole puzzle. But I think that helps people understand why the Vatican Bank is constantly plagued with scandals.
1: Okay, so let me make sure I understand the good guy here. Benedict, is it your thesis that Benedict uh, was working to end all that corruption and expose it? and possibly even his butler was being used by pope benedict to uh to out all of this stuff uh and
0: go ahead yeah those are questions that we're we're still trying to figure out and i want to be very careful not to say you know pope benedict was the you know super saint mastermind playing 4d chess i mean this is an old man who's in his 80s and I mean, it's very few of us have had the experience of being old and tired and surrounded. And so I, I, I don't think we can make it just as easy as, as the good guys and the bad guys here. But definitely Pope Benedict was doing investigations. And, and he appointed a man who's become very famous in the last few years, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I love him. To audit. Yeah, he's great. He's just he he's a good guy. He appointed him. Uh, back in, I think it was 2009. He appointed him um, secretary general of the Vatican City governorate. And this is sort of a, a ruling body. And he wanted him to look into the financial accountability of the Vatican Bank. And as soon as he was hired by Benedict for this job, he found a, a negative deficit of the equivalent of $10.5 million and then found in a surplus of, of random money that was in various bank accounts of 44 million. He did that in just 12 months, Vigano did, which shows you that the people who were already in there were playing fast and loose with the accounting. Mm. So Vigano exposed that. Immediately, he was being called out by his superiors, uh, some cardinals. Uh, I won't go into all the names, but if you want them, I can give them to no, you. That's all right. And he, he got in big trouble. And so what did uh, Benedict do? He took Vigano and said, okay, look, you're in hot water here. I'm going to transfer you to be the apostolic nuncio, the ambassador to America, Washington, DC. Now I want you to go and do an audit on the American bishops in the American Catholic church. That's what Vigano did. And guess what? He uncovered the Cardinal McCarrick scandal. Cardinal McCarrick was the archbishop of DC who was molesting children, embezzling money, just a wicked Judas of a man. Vigano exposed that. And then, of course, Vigano has spent the last five years pointing the finger at Francis for corruption. So all these characters are woven together. It's a pretty small world in the Vatican.
1: So um, let me switch topics here and kind of go to what happened um, what yesterday or day before. Uh, unprecedented. A pope writes a, a, a book, uh, and it is held until after his death, and he just exposes some really nasty things. And I want to get into your thoughts on that. What did he say? Why did he wait? Uh, And what is going to be the fallout from it? And what should it teach for everybody else in all of our churches that aren't Catholic? Back in just a second, Annette writes in about her experience with Relief Factor. She says, I ordered the Quick Start program. I was completely out of pain in a week. I've been suffering from knee and foot pain. I had a lot of trouble walking, but I don't anymore. I've been taking it for months now, and I can feel the difference if I miss a dose. Amen to that. Uh, Annette, thank you for writing in. If you or somebody you love are dealing with pain, please do what Annette just did. Give Relief Factor a try. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month. It kind of fit into the category of Annette. So try it. Nineteen ninety-five. It's a trial pack. Try it for three weeks. Relieffactor.com or 800 the number four relief. 800 for relief. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds, station ID. So it was <clears throat> a tell all memoir. Uh, and it was, it's a book of, uh, really unexpected revelations. And it came from the Vatican. It came from the archbishop was, who was the right-hand man of, uh, Pope Benedict. And it was supposedly written by the two of them, I think, uh, or Pope Benedict. And, uh, it exposes all of the things Pope Benedict wanted to expose. And it's some nasty expose. Um, never really done before, am I right?
0: Yeah, this, this is as far as I know, never been done. There, there was a a rumor that Pope Benedict was going to release his final spiritual testimony after he died, and after he died, it came out, and it was everybody said it was a nothing burger. You know, it kind of reminisced about his childhood and his family. Yeah. And then yesterday, and the day before, this book dropped. It's in Italian. I actually have an advanced English copy of it. Sure. I don't know if it's official or not, but. You know, I'll just read you a section from it. This is Pope Benedict. He says, quote, in several seminaries, homosexual clubs were formed, which acted more or less openly and which clearly changed the atmosphere in seminaries. In a seminary in southern Germany, candidates for the priesthood and candidates for the lay office of pastoral contact lived together. And he goes on. And he, he talks about also the American bishops and how they sort of lost their their vision for the gospel uh for assisting the poor for preaching the truth drawing people to jesus christ and instead kind of just became uh, not in his his words but sort of the chaplains to the democratic party you know the the woke agenda the great reset and this kind of makes sense i mean if you're satan uh, you want to be in the highest corridors of power and that has to do with both religion and politics and uh, there was a, a woman named bella Dodd who in the fifties said she was a communist operator and she had a big conversion. And she said that she had placed over a thousand communist men in the seminaries. That was back then. So th- this kind of thing is happening and it's, it's just like we have the deep state, right? This is the deep church.
1: So Pope Francis recently came out and said, the devil is among us. Um, and he has talked about a great evil. It sounds like this is what Benedict was also warning against, but I don't think they see things the same way, or do they?
0: Well, I liked your comment that you made last week. Uh, They're both talking about the devil. They're both talking about evil, but they seem to be pointing at one another. Right. I think that's, I think your observation there was was a good one. I think there's definitely a war in the Vatican. And this kind of goes back to the 60s. There was this council. You mentioned it in your video too, about a bad council, a bad mass, third secret of Fatima. But in the 1960s, there was a second Vatican council from 1962 to 1965. It was super optimistic um you know this is the era of color tv and moon landings and all yeah. that. and there's this idea we need to make christianity we need to make catholicism groovy
1: <laughs> you know like, and that's yeah. exactly the right word too because it's just yeah. those kind of churches are just as hip as groovy is
0: <laughs> yeah they work just familiar. as well they're, you know, and so there's this idea we can update and make things cool. So we'll change the liturgy, we'll change the hymns, we'll change the art, we'll make things modern. And we'll, what we'll do is, is we'll just give a facelift to Catholicism so it's not medieval with right. incense and bells and robes, and we'll just be really cool. Well, there's been this battle for the past 60 years on whether that is an actual uh, improvement or if it's been detrimental (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it goes hand in hand with the global political agenda. Should we be on board? I mean, should we be downplaying abortion downplaying gay marriage down, you know, and this has been the battle and the lines are kind of drawn along that fault line. And I think Benedict the 16th, as a young man was a little bit more liberal and more modern as he aged, as he was a Pope, he he's turned the wheel right Francis has always been a South American liberation theology radical Jesuit mm. modernist, and that's just who he is. And he hasn't, if anything, he's only gotten more and more leftist the longer he lives and the longer he's pope.
1: So and so, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. So, so by having these two camps, you're and
0: you see also like Pope Francis, for example, is trying to ban the traditional Latin Mass. He doesn't like it when priests wear Catholic. He doesn't like the Gregorian chant. He doesn't like the old stuff. And he's very much on board with like, you know, the vaccine and the green theology and the great reset. And he sends representatives to Davos. I mean, this is his worldview. And so when he talks about the devil, I'm not so sure he's talking about the same person that Benedict's talking about. Right.
1: So when I was at the Vatican, this is under Benedict. um, I had no idea why they did this. It was a surprise to me, but I was allowed to go into the secret archives with the chief archivist and the uh, head of the university. Both of them were the, you know, uh, counselors to the Pope at the time. And, uh, they talked about, uh, a, a war in the Vatican. And, uh, it, it was described to me later by a, a cardinal as really, truly a civil war. And they were saying it is the soul of the church. And, you know, we kind of hope Benedict wins, but it's not uh, it's not clear at all. It was shortly after that that Benedict retired. Um, and it seemed like almost in retrospect, almost as if the cardinals knew this could be a possibility that he would either be killed or he would have to retire i'd like to have you talk about the actual because it's all it's almost da vinci code ish i hate to say that because you know that was but it's uh, it's almost da vinci code there is um a group inside how real is this and does this play at all into prophecies catholic prophecies about these days back in just a second. If you want to hear more from Dr. Taylor Marshall, go to YouTube.com, Dr. Taylor Marshall. He's got all kinds of uh, uh, videos up there, and he doesn't just talk about the Catholic Church. Uh, He talks about the Glenn Beck Program. Pretty much everything we talk about here. Maria writes in about her dog's experience with Rough Greens. She said, we love this product. Our dog had really bad skin allergies. We tried recommending treatments, uh, but nothing worked. Three days into the trial, we started noticing a difference. Uh, In in two weeks, the odor was gone from her fur. There was no more itching. Uh, Her red bumps were all gone. Definitely worth the price. This was something that was developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black, and you sprinkle it on your dog food, and it has vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, you name it, if it's healthy for you or your dog, the right combination for your dog is there in Rough Greens, most likely. They are so confident that your dog is going to like it, but they don't want you to be out any money in case your dog doesn't. They'll send you the first trial pack for free. You just pay for shipping at roughgreens.com back. Just see if your dog likes it. And if they do feed it to them, put it on their food and just watch the difference in your dog over the coming months. First trial bag free, roughgreens.com/slash/beck, or call 833-Glen33, roughgreens.com/slash/beck. Head over to blaze-tv.com/slash/Glen.
0: Use the promo code Glen, you'll save 10 bucks. We have more with Taylor Marshall coming up.
1: welcome to the Glenn Beck program uh, today we are talking to dr. Taylor Marshall author of infiltration uh, also host of the dr. Taylor Marshall podcast that you can find on uh, YouTube uh, he talks uh, about a lot of things but he is a uh, he is a very strong Catholic and this week uh, we are talking to him about what Pope Benedict did after his death, just a a book just came out. Nobody in America is talking about it. I don't know if anybody in, in Europe is really talking about it, but it is earth shattering. And I, I, you know, it's all about, um, evil and evil is becoming more and more clear. At least to me, it is. And I, before we go on to the, the war that's going on, uh, in the deep church, um, Archbishop Vigano, uh, at one point here recently, called out George Soros, Klaus Schwab, and Bill Gates. And this is the guy who was calling out all the pedophiles and, and the banking scandals. Why did he call those three out?
0: Well, as time goes on, we see that the deep church and the deep state, the puppet strings all lead back to the same fingers. So, of course, Bill Gates. Klaus Schwab, the, the usual suspects. Because you have to realize that the most powerful people in the deep state, the most the, the billionaires and the and the technology giants, they have a strategy not just for politics, but also for economics. Mm-hmm. They have a poli- and they have a policy for religion. I mean, all the great tyrants have to also control religion. I mean, this is this has to be done. This is thought control. And the most powerful thoughts that people have and the most powerful feelings they have are almost always associated to their religion, to their faith, to their convictions. And so this has to be controlled. And you know, the biggest united religion on earth is Catholicism with a very centralized nervous system in Vatican City. So of course they're going to go after that. And I and Archbishop Vigano, who worked in the Vatican who exposed uh, corruption in the Vatican bank, who worked in Washington, D.C. And he knows knows the Clintons, he knows the Obamas. He knows all of these people and he's met every single Catholic bishop in America and all the cardinals in America. He has the receipts. And so he's in a very unique position, perhaps more than anyone else alive, to have worked in Vatican, in D.C., and to see all these
1: things he, routing. He the is, uh, he, he's very clear on good and evil, and he, didn't he say this is a one-world government that is being built by those uh, people in the WEF, and it is one-world religion and everything else? That's what he's really warning about, isn't it? Exactly,
0: yeah, and he, he was sending warnings to uh, President Trump uh, during the campaign, in fact, he even sent a message uh, during one of the major rallies that I, I read from the Supreme Court steps on behalf of Archbishop Vigano, because he and I are friends. We know each other. Oh,
1: would you please put and a good word in for it? I've tried to have him on a, a billion times, and we, yes. we we don't get a response. I'd love to do a podcast with him. Well, he's in hiding. Well, we can. For obvious reasons. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, maybe okay. We maybe
0: work something out. But yeah, yeah He is really one of the most dynamic voices on earth in particular for, for Catholics or you could say Christians who have just had enough. Right. We've just had enough of, of basically politicizing our faith so that the likes of Bill Gates can grab up more land and push more experimental medical procedures on the world.
1: So, so let me, let me ask you, um, the, the third secret of Fatima, and if people don't know what Fatima is, it, it's a uh, it's a miracle that happened, what, right before the— 1917. Uh, 1917, right before the war. Uh, and uh, the Virgin Mary came and appeared to the children and said, look, there's going to be a war. Uh, it's Russia uh, that is behind a lot of this error. And uh, Russia needs to be turned over to the Lord and their hearts changed and gave, I think, three secrets. And and the last one was kept secret. And it's confusing now because it supposedly has been revealed. But then I think Benedict hinted that it really hadn't been revealed. But it talks about the the last black pope, if you will. And I don't mean it as color of your race i mean it as a a dark uh figure that he's on the wrong side is that true and do you and others does Vigano believe that this is those times or we're approaching them
0: yes i I think that the the fatima mystery and the three secrets of fatima are i mean in my book infiltration it's very much part of the first part of the book because you have this I I won't get into all the details. People can can look it up for themselves. There's tons of literature on it. But you have one of the biggest public miracles that have happened maybe since Moses crossing the Red Sea. I know that sounds sensational, but it was a major public miracle that was witnessed in a place, a little tiny place, Fatima, Portugal. And, yes, there was three secrets that were revealed. Just quickly, the first one was that hell exists and people are going there. Don't listen to people who tell you there is no hell. Number two, Russia needs to be consecrated Russia the errors of Russia are about to spill into the entire world over the this was documented in 1917 right and what did we see we saw the rise of of communism stalinism i mean russia national
1: it socialism
0: china all vietnam of it. Yep. cuba latin america so i mean what happened in 1917 i mean either these little kids were just brilliant you know <laughs> Politicians who could see the next hundred years, or this really was a message from heaven. And then the third secret was written down and was supposed to be opened and read to the world in nineteen sixty six zero with a special message to the world and everyone. Even the New York Times was publishing. Oh my goodness, we're about to have the the third secret of Fatima. This was a big deal. Nowadays, people have forgotten it, but it was a really big deal.
1: And it was kind of like the, the Kennedy time. archives. <laughs> Nobody exactly. seems to release, though. And you're like, why? Why hasn't it been released?
0: Yes. And, and, and the secret talked about a, a world war and, and then a worse one after that. So everything that was revealed did come to happen. So everybody wanted to know what's in the envelope in 1960. In 1959, a year early, John the 23rd opens it, reads it, puts it back in, and says, this is not for our times. I'm not releasing it to the world. And everyone was ticked. Everyone was upset, like, come on, this is perhaps the the greatest prophetic thing that's happened in the last several hundred years, and you're not going to reveal it? And so that was 1959, 1960, and then something was released in the year 2000 by Pope Benedict, allegedly the third secret. But as soon as it came out, people questioned it, because it describes a vision of what seems to be some kind of post-war dystopia but it doesn't explain what it is or what should happen or what we should do. Like there's the explanation part that we had in the first and second secret is missing in the third secret. Correct. And this has led to a unanimous agreement by scholars, even people who aren't even Catholic. What they gave us in the year 2000 was maybe part of it, but it wasn't the full secret. And why don't we have the full secret? And there's all kinds of people who have speculated. There's people who have read it in the Vatican. And a lot of them say it has to do with papal corruption. It has to do with a bad council, with a bad
1: mass, and um, with and and with a meeting in Russia. That the Pope will go to Russia um, and not to consecrate uh, Russia, but
0: yeah, uh, I mean it's hard to know because we don't have it. You know, we just kind of get drippings of, of what it could be. But we do know that Russia is at the center of this whole thing and I mean we're still living it in 2023. It'd be great to get the full secret and to know what it actually says, but you know, my my worry is that they put it into a filing cabinet called trash can and we may never see it. That's my concern.
1: Uh I I Dr. Marshall, I, we we could talk for a long time. I've got so many questions for you, but we're uh we're almost out of time. Um Tell me how this relates, what's going on in the Catholic Church, which is a real, true civil war for the soul, just like we're battling in the soul of America and our country and the West. Everything is being split. How does this relate, what's going on and being exposed in the Vatican, to all of our other churches?
0: Well, I think it it goes back to thought control. They want to control our actions. They want to control our words. You know, if you say certain things, you're going to be canceled. Just look what Elon Musk has exposed in the past several months. Uh, and then they want to ultimately control your thoughts. You know, we often, people know about the book of revelation and the mark of the beast, six, six, six on the forehead, you know, and all that. Mm-hmm. But think about the significance of the forehead. I mean, that is branding the sign of the devil upon your mind. You know, yes, there there very much could be a physical manifestation of a a sign on your forehead, but ultimately evil wants to take ownership and brand your mind Mm -hmm. and control your thoughts. And that's where all the tentacles are reaching, is complete thought control. You will own nothing, you will have nothing of your own. You won't even have your thoughts and allegedly, we're going to be happy. Is what they tell us at the Great Reset.
1: And this—that's actually—it's actually in their—in uh, one of their videos that even your—even your thoughts, your dreams will be known. So you really will not control your thoughts or be in charge of your thoughts. You won't know which are your thoughts or their thoughts.
0: It's really spooky. And that's ultimately, the mark of the beast, right there. Yes, it is. You have six 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 on your forehead, literally. And it, I mean, Whether it's a contraption, whether it's I don't, a tattoo, I mean, we debate that all day, but the, the significance of it is that your mind belongs to evil.
1: And is there any doubt in your mind that, that this is actual evil, like we probably haven't seen since maybe the 1930s and 40s? Any doubt in your mind?
0: There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt. The powers, in fact, then they had machine guns and planes. Now we have technology. You know, now we, we, people can spy on you through your phone. They can spy on, they can control so much. And that hasn't yet been tested by tyrants. And so now we're
1: starting to experience it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, uh, Doctor. I hope we get a chance to uh, meet soon. I'd love to have you back and talk about the World Economic Forum and the things that you know about that that I might have missed. Um, you you spread a lot of good um, in the world with your your podcast. So thank you so much. Likewise, thank you, Glenn. You bet. Bye bye. Um, really, I think very reasonable. Uh well-thought-out man. His name is Dr. Taylor Marshall. He is the author of the book Infiltration and the host of the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. You can find uh, his podcast at youtube.com slash marshall. All right, there is a new study that came out today. Let me see if I can find it here real quick about the home prices. Oh, boy, that's not going to... hmm. That's not looking real well. Um, Goldman Sachs has just come out with uh, a serious crash of home values in at least four cities. And that is um, Phoenix. Let me see if I can find it. Shoot. Uh, It's Phoenix, San Diego, Austin. uh, And I don't know what the third one is, but they're saying this is going to be. Oh, um, and Seattle and uh, Oregon, Portland. They're saying crashes are coming there, um, and it's going to be hard to um, you know you could you could lose twenty five percent value. Right now might be the best time to sell your home. Right now you need somebody who knows the market. I mean Phoenix, we got you covered like crazy. Um, somebody that really knows the market knows how to sell it, can turn it around fast, get the top dollar for it, and then you know has connections with our with our agents. In someplace else, wherever you're moving, Real Estate Agents I is a free service to you. These are the people that we have really vetted and we watch closely. They don't work for me, but they are vetted by my team and we really watch them closely. Real agents I I think they're the best of the best. Real estate agents I This is the Glenn Beck Program. So we were talking about Bill Gates, uh, you know, being one of the evil ones uh, with our last guest. I mean, Outlook. If you've ever used Microsoft Outlook, you have to agree. To oh, that. The, the clip. Clippy. Oh, Clippy. The stupid Clippy. paperclip thing telling yeah. you what to do. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the mark of the That's beast. That's the dictator. That's the yeah, beginning that of the dictator right there. Clippy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he has just come out in a new interview. Now, listen to this, because overpopulation, we have to change the way we eat. We can't have meat anymore. We can't farm the way we can. We we have been Uh, global warming is coming. We're all going to die. All of that stuff. In this new interview from Sydney, uh, Australia, he said, I'm really very optimistic. Uh, It'll be much better to be born 20 years from now or 40 years from now than any other time in the past. You know, the world is full of disheartening trends, uh, like an inadequate global response to the covid-19 pandemic or government's failures to meet stated goals for tackling climate change and the increased political polarization. But I'm really optimistic Well, first of all, of course, that statement has been largely true for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. the
0: later you're born, sure. things improve, and we're, and but, every generation has fears like this. And I so think hopefully,
1: things go well. I think he's absolutely right. At our pace of innovation, you are going to by 2030, you will not be able to keep up with what we would call miracles. Now, by 2030, 2032, you'll be every day. You'll be like, wait, we just cured what? Wait, we, we just did what? It's going to be like that, and it's going to come faster and faster and faster until in the 2030s, you won't be able to keep up with him. Okay, Nobody will. Um, and so that is, that's exciting in some ways. We'll be able to cure all these things. But it's interesting coming from him who is so dire that the world is going to just slip into some fiery flood because of global warming, and we're killing the planet, and we're all going to die. The same guy who says, look, we only have five years to cure this is like, oh, no, you know, in 60 years, it's going to be great. It's going to be great because of all the innovation. Well, which is it? Which is it, Bill? Mm. Oh, we're all going to die from, you know, some pandemic. Really? If if most of us die of 80 percent, I don't know if I'd (laughs) want to be brought into that world during that time. What are you talking about, Bill? Maybe he's just thinking by that time things will be so bad We'll all be praying for death and we'll get yeah. it <laughs> I think by then he thinks the, the World Glenn Economic Black Forum Brand. will be in charge